Hi, and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. Today we'll be talking about episodes uh, 14 through 19 of uh, His and Her Circumstances, aka Kare Kano, the 90s classic shoujo anime directed by Hideaki Anno. My name is Caitlin. I am one of the managing editors at Anime Feminist today, and today I am joined by Dee and Mercedes. Hi, my name is Mercedes, and I am an editor here at Anime Feminist, as well as a Japanese to English localization editor, proofreader, and QA, as well as a journalist, as well as a very hardworking individual who loves anime and also her bed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that sums me up. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm Dee. I'm one of the other managing editors at Anifem. Um, you can find most of my writings on my blog, The Josie Next Door. One of these days, I will fully update it. Uh, and you can also hang out with me on Twitter at Josie Next Door. Oh, snap. I didn't tell people they can hang out with me on Twitter either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your, what's your handle, Mercedes? Tell the folks. I'm Pixelated Lenses, where you can see me post literally about anything. But today, on this day, it's going to be about my tomato pie that I made very good oh exciting all right i guess i should drop my twitter handle now too since y'all are both doing it yeah, yeah plug yourself all, yeah all soon underscore no dare do you Excellent. know it took me until this year to figure out like the joke in your in your twitter <laughs> handle <laughs> like i was like oh i get it now <laughs> yeah because i'm all soon and no and no dare uh. <laughs> like <laughs> I do speak Japanese, and I just was like, what is soon? What is dare? Oh! <laughs> oh, soon dare. There we go. I got I it. Like, oh! <laughs> I get it. I love that moment when a joke comes together. <laughs> it was kismet. It was great. So today we begin the second half of Kare Kano. You sure which... do. <laughs> <laughs> the show has never had a great budget, but... It kind of starts to go really off the rails with this one, but it's okay because you know what? They get pretty creative with it. They do. Um, the first two and a, the first episode and a half of this stretch, however, are recap episodes. No framing device, no new footage, just a clip show for an episode and a half about 13 the previous 13 episodes yeah yeah we took a couple weeks in between recording the first half and recording <laughs> this one so i thought the recap would be useful and i was like yeah okay you know an, an episode of recap and i get to the end and i'm like they didn't really cover everything and then i start 15 and i'm like oh my god we're still recapping <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> I'm, I mean, it's, you know what it's a good thing i was i skimmed because i was about to skip the entire episode but only half of it is a recap which is very confusing <laughs> So don't skip episode 15, folks. The last half is extremely slow paced, but technically stuff happens. So it is, it is pretty, it, it is important to the show. Um, yeah, D, it was very funny to me, actually, when we were talking about doing this and you're like, I actually have plans coming up during the period where we would be recording. So I would have to take like a couple weeks off and... I'm worried. I don't know if I would forget everything. So if you guys want to find someone else, then that's fine. And I was just like, don't worry. 
You said there's plenty of recaps. It's fine. I'm like, uh, that's a little concerning, but okay, let's do it. Uh, Yeah. So we started with some recaps, which I guess in theory would give us less to talk about this stretch, but that I would say that's not exactly the case. So yeah, I was going to say there's a lot, a lot. (laughs) It's not even that a lot happens, but what happens is a lot, if that makes sense. Um, So we'll... We'll definitely get to that. Um, But Caitlin, sorry, did you want to like kind of take us through it chronologically here? Sure. So in this stretch of episodes, Yukino and Arima talk on the phone. Uh, We learn about how Yukino's parents met. Uh, Yukino just misses Arima so much because he's at training camp. And then he comes back and we'll talk about what happens Mm -hmm. when we get there. We meet Arima's family. And then they fuck. <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh my god! I was not expecting uh, it. <laughs> and then we have episode nineteen, which is the beginning of the big final arc, which has some really interesting animation choices. Shall you we can say? actually see the production collapse in episode nineteen. Uh, there is a frame, um, a visualization of the production where a paper cutout of Yukino catches fire and then the whole thing burns. I'm like, yep, that's what happened to your production, huh? <laughs> it's a metaphor. My, uh, my <laughs> first my first and only thought was, did they fuck so hard that they messed up the budget? And I was like, because I did not know. I did, like, everything that's happening, every frame is a new moment for me. And I was just like, what and I was like, oh, maybe it's a joke. It'll change. And then I got to the end of the video and it transitioned to the next one on YouTube. And I was like, it didn't change, though. Like, <laughs> so, that was just the episode. Yeah. So, Caitlin, is no, it going to look like that until the end? Or do they get their shit under control? No. No to which part? <laughs> the answer to both of those questions is no. Is it, okay, okay, so it's not gonna, it's not going to be sketches and cardboard cutouts till the end but their shit is not under control noted no uh yeah no i'm kind of with you mercedes like i got to that last episode well and the thing is like the thing that we're jumping ahead but it's fine we'll we'll backtrack um we right before that that episode where we like enter this multi-parter about the school festival um right before that arima has like this really rough ptsd flashback and like kind of starts to dissociate and throws up and i'm like oh this is really intense and then we cut to this episode that is like abstract and surreal and like borderline absurd like it gets it gets extra no, weird in addition to so animation strange right it's not like, funny but it also is because like Arima oh, it's has just, this really deeply Arima has this deeply traumatic moment and you're like oh my god and then the next episode you're like yeah, so a part of me is even like, did Arima have a psychotic break? Is any of this actually happening, or is this, like, in his head? Have we entered, like, last two episodes of Evangelion territory here? What is going on? So, uh, it definitely... Okay. Th- the, Once again, I have to ask. Uh, does, yeah, is there so, a psychotic break in Eva? Yeah, not to... I mean, it's it's more... Com- there's, oh, there's multiple psychotic breaks in Eva. But okay. uh, not, okay. to, not to get yeah. too deep in the weeds, but the last two episodes take place pretty much entirely inside the characters' heads. Um, and there were also some production issues, but they use it somewhat artfully to do some interesting things with like sketchiness of which this, what yeah. this episode kind of starts off like. So I'm like, 
something really bad just happened and now we're acting like things are fine should i be concerned um so if you hadn't warned me about the production caitlin i might have i might have been i was galaxy braining some theories about what was happening Um, (laughs) no no nothing that uh nothing that wild um i will say about this episode and about well about that that kind of weird jump from point a to point D or whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. This is the Yukino arc. It is primarily about Yukino's um, Yukino's growth. Yukino learning who she is uh, as a person and developing okay. a sense of identity. Uh, okay, in cool. the manga, there is a after the Yukino arc. There is the Arima arc, which is about okay. which goes more into does he get just that? how messed up Arima is as a person and this also brings back when you were asking last episode about how it seemed like falling in love kind of fixed Arima's depression and I well, that's said clearly not Arima case, is no. not okay he has yeah. never been okay no, no we that, yeah that's Episode 18 made that very apparent. This mm-hmm. poor sweet child mm. needs a good adult to intervene and say, "Okay, sweetie, we're going to we're going to find you a psychiatrist and a, and a, and some therapy and we're going to we'll get you some help because like you've got some bad trauma." Yeah. Um, but because this is Japan in the 90s, the closest thing he gets is parents who say, "Hey, don't bully our son." and you know what pretty cool you know what at least he won he won first place at the national kendo tournament so like that cures everything Mm. i mean (laughs) i see it sure does not it sure does not it doesn't at all (laughs) i I did i did really appreciate i do really appreciate how much his adoptive parents clearly love and support him and defend him from the rest of his shit family because i think that i think that arima's story could have been like obviously it's it goes some dark places and it like what happened to, I'm not trying to like, you know, gloss over what happened to him when he was a child, because clearly it is very deep in his brain and there's a lot of unaddressed trauma. But I think the show could have gone like full grimdark with him. And so the fact that he still has that, that he has a support system um, is, is really nice to see. And I think keeps it from feeling like, you know, like tragedy porn. Um, Mm. So I, I did appreciate that moment with his parents being like, Hey, you need to shut up and leave him alone because he's a good kid and we love him. So, and I was like, and he heard it too. And so he knows. And yeah, I liked that. I thought that was a good, a good touch there. Mm, Just, just subtitle this as hmms in manga reader. Sure. Sure. But I'm not reading the manga, Caitlin. I'm watching the anime and those are different products. Our, our source text is the anime itself. So we can, <laughs> we can maybe have you regale us with some manga stuff when we get to the end of the show. But uh, as far as the anime goes, I thought that was a nice touch. So, okay. Agreed. Yeah. You know what? That's fair. So let's jump back a little bit mm-hmm. to the beginning of the, uh, the stretch that we watched to. Okay. Episodes. So you want me to recap the first 12 episodes? Yeah. Let's jump back to episode 15.5. I was going to say okay. let's jump back to episode 14, but we do not need to do that. Nope. <laughs> we can do that by listening to the episodes we already recorded. Exactly. So mm-hmm. 
the big thing in that episode is that Yukino and Arima talk on the phone. There's a little bit with Asuba's backstory in that one as well. Oh yes, um, yes. We get we a little bit. He's it. really the. He's like the only supporting character we really see much of in this stretch. Um, but you get mm-hmm. a little bit more of him and kind of why he and Arima are friends, and um, he kind of connects with them as far as having like not getting along with their birth parents very well. So mm-hmm. I thought it was nice to get a little extra with him. Also, he's goofy yeah. when he's on screen. I laugh, and that is also nice. Yeah. So Arima the- or Asuba always makes makes the scene better. Uh, this is definitely. the first episode. That I liked him in. I was like, oh, this chaotic really? my child is my <laughs> new favorite. Protect, <laughs> like the, the do it for her meme, but it's just me with like a corkboard of pictures of Asaba. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I love him so much. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> you did a big heel turn on him. I did. Yeah. I did. I really did. This was the episode where I was like, okay. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. <laughs> oh, he's sad. Now I see. <laughs> look, look. I have a, t- I have a type for characters. The sadder they get, the more I like them. Oh. <laughs> Which is why I also think I like Arima. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, listen. Glass houses here. Glass houses. No judgment. I cannot, yeah. <laughs> I cannot judge you for this. No. <laughs> Yeah, this was a good one. I kind of liked Yukino talking on the phone and like her being like, mm-hmm. "Oh, my boyfriend's gotten taller. Oh, that's kind of hot." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Tall people. Yeah, I think I think these. I think this like this little bit of like touching on them being long distance for probably like a month because summer vacation in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think isn't it about a month? It's like sure. five. Five or six weeks. It's not very okay. long. It's pretty. I was going to say. I thought it was like four to six weeks somewhere in there. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So not like super long, yeah. but obviously when you're in high school and especially when you've got like a big old when you've got a big old crush or are you know in love, um, mm-hmm. it feels extra long. And I thought it did a nice job of capturing that feeling of like. Not only just I miss him so much, but then Yukino has a conversation with Maho where she's like, it feels weird that I miss, that I feel this off without him. Like, I'm worried about me as a person. Like, what does this say about me that I want this guy so much? And she's like, I think it's okay. I think it just means like, you know, you have an emotional attachment to him and you miss him and you want to be with him. And that that's all right. Um, so I did like them sort of addressing that and that sense of like is this codependency or is this just me wanting to be with somebody I care about? And I think it definitely falls more in the latter. Of course, Yukino's thing is she doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life. And so the fact that Arima is so important to her makes her feel like she's making him her life and she doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. want that to be who she is. And I really like those elements yeah. of her because I think that is, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, the first time I was like, you know, head over heels, there was also that sense of like, oh God, am I just like devoted? Like, am I losing myself to this relationship? Mm-hmm. I don't want that. Um, but also I like being with this person. So, um, right. so I, I thought it hit, yeah. I thought it touched those notes in a, in a very like true to life kind of smart way. It really did. And it's still quite actually, I found it quite applicable. Like it's kind of one mm-hmm. of those timeless things of like, I think for people who engage in romance like that is kind mm-hmm. of an experience that you have is like you meet someone and you and they kind of it feels consuming in a kind the of neutral period, way like right? you're really yeah. yeah like you're really into it um and you're really into this person in relationship like it, and it was it was it was like you can see how passionate she is because she's just yeah. like she's trolling the phone cord mm-hmm. like you know, Think and about how hot his voice sounds. Right. And she's like, oh, you got taller. Five, eight. Oh, Arima. Oh. 
It's cardio so tall, five foot eight. Which I when 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 she said that I was like, so Arima and I are the same height. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know you were tall, Mercedes. Yeah, I am. I um, am. Oh, I'm short. Wait, how tall are you? Five four. What? I've been picturing you as like six feet in my mind. <laughs> you give no, off, you give off tall girl vibes. Okay, I mean, you do. D, are you going to tell me that you're also not the height I've imagined? I don't know what height you imagined. Apparently, I'm taller than Caitlin thought I would be when we met IRL. Um, I'm a little shorter than you. I'm like somewhere between 5'6 and 5'7. I played basketball, so I will always tell you I'm 5'7 because you always go up an inch uh, when you play basketball. You are also shorter than I think you are. Everybody is like tall in my mind. It's just the energy you both give off. Excellent. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Mm. that element of it because that is also something that I have gone through it's something that I still go through sometimes because you know I the dream is sort of be to be independent uh you know indep you know independent woman who doesn't need a man but Mm -hmm. when I am separated from from Jared you know separated from my partner I really miss him and Mm -hmm. You know, I feel in a funk and there are, with our work schedules, there are days of the week where I don't see him. And a lot of times I have a hard time on those days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I totally understood that. Like that feeling of like, is this, is this me? Is this codependence? Um, because I had, a, yeah, I had a really hard time sort of reflecting on that part of myself when I the first time I experienced it the first time I was in love and was separated from my partner and so it it is a very real thing that you you know go through and I like that she is reflective about it that Mm -hmm. she is we're figuring out her identity that she is noticing that she has these feelings of of emotional connection and emotional dependence. And she's not just sort of accepting them as necessarily natural, mm-hmm. um, that she is conscious of becoming codependent. Mm-hmm. While also wanting to try to like figure out who she is. Yeah. I like that mm-hmm. balance a lot. Yeah. It's really well done. Great episode. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Great now on the episode. other hand, Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Maho did mention that her boyfriend is 28 years old and a dentist. Okay, okay Caitlin, what she said was she likes a 28-year-old dentist. No. And as far as I'm concerned, that means that it's unreciprocated and you can't... I'm sure in the manga it's... But you know what? They didn't say it was for sure in the anime. <laughs> so No, in, in the... Uh, I, I'm trying... To, I think in the subs, they make it clear that she is... that. He is her boyfriend, but yes. Oh no! What a bad adult. Yes, bad adult. So bad. Dating a sexual predator. Cool, y'all. I yeah. I gotta be real. I don't understand what adults see in teenagers romantically. It's weird. No, it's not great. It's it's I I take a bus. (laughs) I take a bus full of teenagers, a lot of days of the week because my. Bus, the bus is one of the only ones that goes into a resident, like this particular residential area that has a lot of families. And I look at those teens and I'm just like, 
you are such tiny children and I hear this teens talk and I'm just like you guys are having a great time and that's awesome and I have no interest in these conversations that you are having other than one time it was funny when a kid said that uh, you couldn't make fun of him with American stereotypes because he was from Arizona and all of his friends laughed at him. <laughs> okay, dude. But that's the level of discourse you get with yeah. with yeah, teenagers. Like, like, like no, it's... listen. If there are any teenagers out there listening, be you. Be a teenager. Yeah. Have and a great you... time with it. Yeah. I'm 34 years old. I don't want to be your buddy. Our brains are uh, differently. Our brains are, have developed. <laughs> Our brains have developed differently, right? Like, um, yeah. we're in yeah, different life places, and that's the way it's supposed to be. So if a 28-year-old <laughs> is macking on you, something's wrong with that 28-year-old. <laughs> I mean, um, like, teens, teens of the world, if a 28-year-old hits on you, you hit them back physically. Run! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And run. then you run, you run and get a responsible adult who understands, like, being an adult and and you know like oh, it's just so weird it's a weird fetish that japan unfortunately has only leaned into as we've <sighs> gone through the past decades do you guys well in anime and manga, manga at least i don't want to yeah. speak for the entire oh yeah not not <laughs> yeah. real life it's only an no, anime and manga because yeah like, yeah most japanese people are like that's weird that's not mm-hmm. great <laughs> so sorry let me clarify <laughs> <laughs> most are like why are you macking on children Stop. Yeah. yeah, gross. Knock it off. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but in the dub, they sort of they they kind of skirted around it to make it just sound like Maho had a crush on this guy, and yeah. I and so I was like, you know what? That's fine. I can live with that. I don't need to know anything mm-hmm. more about your about your life, Maho. That's I'll just just cut me off there, mm-hmm. anime, because I know how ninety shoujo works. Do you, <laughs> do you guys want to peek behind the the manga no. curtain? <laughs> no. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, we can we can say this is not canonical to the anime, but they do, do go into how their relationship started, which was that she relentlessly hit on him when she was in middle school and he gave in. No, that's that's worse. That's he so was literally many... twice her age when they started no. dating. But she came on to me, officer. Fuck off. Uh, yeah. Um, she was just so persistent. Oh, I hate everything is, about it. Okay, this, that's all. And it, unfortunately, yep, nope. it does not end with it's him bad. getting arrested. Um, there really is no so. justice in this world. Speaking from a speaking from a fiction perspective, it's the it's the fantasy of the mature older guy who gets you, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's not like those he's not like those immature boys around you. Like I get it from the mm-hmm. from the fantasy angle, but like God, that's so many years. And it plays into so many really harmful, like, real-world beliefs outside of fiction about yeah. that that teen girls are taught that allow for predators to prey on them. So um, yeah. maybe be more thoughtful with your age gaps in your stories mm-hmm. targeted at teen girls, please and thank you. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's so, that fine line between playing in the fantasy and, you know, um, promoting it for, like, actual behavior. Mm-hmm. Teach media literacy in schools! Um, <laughs> this feels yeah. like this feels like the time that I found out that, I guess, an elementary school teacher falls in love with his student in Cardcaptor Sakura. It feels uh, like that. Mm, it feels uh, like that. 
I don't yeah. even, I've never even seen Cardcaptor Sakura, but once again, only in the manga. So if you watch the anime, you can you can get around. Okay, it, so. see, yeah. that's why anime yeah. is superior, y'all. <laughs> sometimes, it hurts, sometimes it hurts you less. It categorically hey, hurts you. Hey, less. hey, Mercedes, Promise Neverland season two. <laughs> so episode, <laughs> um, <laughs> what episode are we on? 16 um, so we are currently talking yeah we are currently talking about well episodes yeah episode 16 or no episode we are currently talking about episode 17 because uh yukino and maho's conversation which was a good conversation until she dropped the 28 years old thing yeah right. yeah like, we're gonna like, oh, yeah we've spent oh, it we can we can move oh. past it we've spent enough time on it so, <laughs> i don't want to think about it anymore step, let's step back for a second Let's mm-hmm. step back for a second. We'll get to the second half of episode 17 because that's a whole other thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And talk about Yukino's parents. Aw, they're cute. It was a, yeah. That was a nice episode. That was a good, solid 25-minute love story. I cried. Wow. Misty's voice actress gave a superb performance. Rachel, Rachel Lillis is so good, and I'm sad she's not in things anymore. Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, just, no, she's terrific. It, it um, was a really I've... good ep- mm. No, you go. Sorry. You go. I was just going to say it was a really good story about like also the pain of having a older caretaker mm-hmm. and like growing up and understanding that like they are not going to be in your life forever and that mm-hmm. there is a invisible clock ticking and it mm-hmm. is not ticking in your favor and like yeah. wanting to give back the love that they gave. It was just really good. It made me weep. Yeah. I found the, the romance parts kind of just wrote like pretty typical like high school yeah, story. I mean, but yeah. the parts with her it truthfully it ran on goof troop time a little bit for me uh but the stuff that the second half with him and his grandpa and him feeling yeah. like he needed to like materially give back and him having that really good conversation with yukino's mom about like that's not like if you know like adult caretakers who like truly love you like they don't need a material like if you you loving them back is what they want like seeing you grow up yeah. and being happy is is the important part and i thought that was a really nice conversation because i think you can get into these ideas of like um and this is cross cultural of like well i raised you so you owe me um and so i really liked that the series you know pushed back against that and was like no 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 that's yeah. not that's not what yeah. these relationships are about um well and it's sort so, of the yeah. filial piety thing too of mm-hmm. your parents take care of you and then when you get older, you take care of your parents. And that mm-hmm. is that is a du- that is as much your duty as it was their duty mm-hmm. to take care of you when you were mm-hmm. a child. Yeah. Um and he wanted to be able to fulfill that that sort of obligation and he mm-hmm. never got the chance. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, there's a line in this that I think about so much where he talks about how one day, you know, he just stopped sitting on his grandfather's lap. His grandfather stopped holding him and he doesn't know when it happened, but it did happen at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a Tumblr post that used to go around that was like, one day your parents put you down and they never picked you up again. Yeah, and it's it and was the last time. I and you, you didn't. Neither of you knew that it was going to be the last time, and I think about that so much. <laughs> uh, and I think about that because I work with children, 
mm-hmm. and I have a baby niece now. Um, I mean, my twin sister is a mother now. And so I think about that sort of stuff all the time, that sort of the, the connection between caretaker and child and how you'll do something for the last time and you don't know it's going to be the last time. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really like when his grandfather says like, Oh, you can't sit on grandpa's legs. They're, you know, not feeling great. And like, you kind of feel like that's, Oh, it's kind of coming to an end. Like this point in his life of that childhood closeness. And then like, Mm -hmm. yeah, there just comes a point where that is the literal last time that this is ever going to happen again. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, like we all experience those kind of things, right? Like there's lots of little moments in growing up that you don't know you're going to do this thing for the last time. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just real deep, y'all. It's real deep and real good. It was very yeah. artfully put together. Yeah, I thought they did a they did yeah. a really nice yeah. job with that, that little backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, like, this, it was so wonderfully Anno in some points, like the sound design, the use of silence when it's raining mm-hmm. after the wake. It's just the sound of the rain. Uh I really, really love that too. Um, that that was really the episode that had me sort of taking, just be like, oh, this this is this is what Hideaki Hideaki Anno sounds like. Um, the use of environmental sounds over music, and then the music very quietly comes in, or maybe it doesn't, but every single noise has so much weight to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good um, thought. So yeah, it was a good episode. I cried. It's a real I, awesome. I, I cried at the end of it. Yeah. I was <laughs> yeah, it was it was good, which is good because like I, I'm kind of up and down on Yukino's dad, so have giving a backstory for him was nice. Yeah. They they do that. Yeah. They redeem they redeemed him this episode because I'm not a fan of her dad at all. He's <laughs> it's the overprotective dad trope, which I just I just yeah. hate. He's a, um he's a very nineteen nineties father who does not want his daughter to lose her chastity or ever consider another man ever. He wants her to stay daddy's little girl forever. If this were I, the US, he would be like cleaning out a gun when Arima came over. Yep. <laughs> Plot twist next episode. <laughs> he has a gun. He found one of the five guns in Japan just to protect his little girls. Uh, isn't that isn't that fatherly devotion? Isn't that so moving and touching? Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah, that idea yeah, it's I mean, well, because it's that idea of like I'm trying to even put it into words why I hate the overprotective dad trope, but it it's just such a it's such a convolution of like girls are infants who can't mm-hmm. who can't be trusted to look after themselves and all boys are animals who must yeah. be defended against and it's you know it's it's just a lot of like gender role bullshit about big to capital M masculinity and femininity that just it just irks me every time um and unfortunately <laughs> you know it doesn't come up a ton but what 
I love my daughter from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. But not in a creepy way. Caitlin, I wrote that in my notes. Um, that is in my notes. In my notes, was, I love my daughter, parentheses, but not in a creepy way. Um, because, yes, that is exactly... Thank you for thank you for saying it so I didn't have to ha- have to start that. Yes, um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend reference. Let's tick that checkbox off this podcast to-do list. Excellent. <laughs> oh, that's just so good. Um, <laughs> hey guys, watch Crazy Ex Girlfriend. If you as long as we're this, here, we haven't mentioned it in a while. <laughs> so. while we're talking about it. If you yeah, want you a know. psychological uh, musical drama, musical dramedy, because it's also quite dramedy. Funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, watch, go watch Crazy Ex Girlfriend. It's great. Um, if you anyway. like the psychological elements of Kare Kano, <laughs> there we and, go. I connect. And that. also singing. Um, and also yes. singing. Yeah. Um, so let's get back to episode 17. Yeah, let's talk mm. about Arima. Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's talk about uh, the red flag parade, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> so Arima comes back. Um, when he, At first, it's a very cute thing where he is uh, just standing there waiting for her to walk by. And he's like, hey. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, out. doesn't and recognize him right adorable. away, which I didn't either. So, no, it was great. Like, <laughs> that's, that was pretty cute. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I give the animators credit. I do think he looks taller. His shoulders mm-hmm. look broader. No, he looks um, different. Like, I thought he noticeably looked, he looked he, older. Yeah. You know, he, he did that weird thing that teenagers do where they disappear for, like, six weeks and then they come back and they look older. Yeah. Um <laughs> but then she gets a little freaked out by just how well she gets turned on for the first time is my mm-hmm. reading of the situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's and, I think that's definitely part of it and she's so happy to see him again and then she also mm-hmm. kind of talks about how she feels like sort of self-conscious like oh he's grown mm-hmm. up and he's done all this stuff and I haven't done anything and yes. so she so there's that sense of like imbalance there as well mm-hmm. that she's sort of struggling yes. with um, no, and doesn't know how to put it into words. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was just being I was just being a little crude for you know the fun of it. There's there's a lot going on. Um, I do think her her attraction like the oh, that's definitely part of it. Like, hormones yes. is a big part of it. Yes, yes. Yuki um, no horny Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God. Uh, um, but so she she kind of freaks out and puts a little distance, which is also something that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this. My first impulse when someone uh, when I start a relationship with someone historically has been to run away and never talk to them again. Oh no, <laughs> that makes it oh. that makes it difficult to have a relationship. <laughs> yeah, so I I get it. Yeah, I no, it's it. it's that it's like the nerves in your brain, like you get nervous about it, and then it's like fight or flight, and you're like, well, time to run. Um, <laughs> it's no, a lot I get, of big I get it feelings. Too. It's a lot yeah. of big feelings. It it it's easy to get freaked out by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, his it, response, his response is a red flag parade. I say again, <laughs> oh, he slams her into a wall and yells at her that he does not care about how she feels. He is not letting her break up with him. Yep. It was very uncomfortable. And her response is not to get the fuck out of there. She's not she even like more in love with them. She's not even scared. Like it doesn't no. even like it doesn't even startle her. Like she 
takes it completely in stride. That scene is tonally all over the place. And I was just, I think my notes are just like, what? What? In bigger letters afterwards. And like, (laughs) she even says like, oh, I'm even more in love with Ariman. I'm like, girl, sweetie, sis. No, no, no. Y'all, she apologizes for scaring him by running away. It's It's not good. And for me, because we then immediately go back to Arima being like, then they have like a whole episode where they talk about consent and we'll, we'll get more into that later. I'm sure. Um, and she talking about how gentle he is all the time. Like to me, that's a narrative, like it's a narrative flaw. I don't think it's necessarily, mm-hmm. I don't think it was intentionally a red flag on his character, but if, no. but, but like from a, from an, so I have to just go like, that was bad storytelling. What happened there? Somebody fell mm-hmm. into these like weird romance tropes. The author did. Somebody. The author. We know who. How, <laughs> how is it in the manga? Is it similar in the manga? Because like, Yes. Yeah. Oh, and God, honest, honestly, in the beginning of the manga, or in the manga, that's kind of the beginning of the end. Uh, for Where the story for sort of Arima. falls apart, you mean? Okay. We don't have to get into the manga right now. Yeah, we've, we've yeah, still got anime we'll, to watch. Um, but yeah, I but like... But, the scene. That's all. Yeah. Oh, it was, it's really bad. Well, and it's one of those things where it is, if this were to happen like IRL and I'm not attributing it to bad narrative, I would be like, you need to get away from him because these are like classic signs of an abuser is everything's great until you do what they don't want. And then they get violent and they yell at you about how they don't care how you feel. And I'm like, this, Hey, Yukino, like I said, red flag, red flag, red flag. You need to get away from this guy. Get the fuck out of there, Yukino. Get out of there. And listen, listen, he's a, Listen, he's a teenager with a lot of trauma. He could sort this out. He could be fine. I'm not saying but. that Arima is like an irredeemable piece of shit. But yes. hey, Yukino, these are unhealthy signs and you need you to are, be you need to not be involved because this could you be You are really not bad his psychologist. Yeah. You yeah. are not here to fix him. And, yeah. and it t- um, it t- call your dad. This would be a good time yeah. to get the overprotective dad going. Get one of those five guns in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like it taints the next episode of this really mm-hmm. weird light because like yeah. it's as mm-hmm. if we are encountering like two different versions of these characters because like there's no discussion of what happened there's no discussion of like arima put his hands on her and like physically manhandled her into a brick wall and like and then he talks about how he'll her. never do anything she's uncomfortable comfortable with yeah which is yeah. great which is yeah. great. No, that whole conversation, conversation they have. have. Yeah. Um, like he's like, I he's like, I want to be with you, but I understand if you don't want to, like we don't have to. It's okay. All terrific. Loved that. But yeah, like you said, but it comes right on the heels of this other thing. So I just had to be like, okay, I have to pretend that scene didn't happen because the narrative is acting like it didn't. And that's yes, the only way I can I can move forward with these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, which is wild. Again, it's it was it was bad storytelling. And and it, it is it is a shame because like episode eighteen has a lot of really good things to say about consent for a Mm -hmm. series that is made in the late 90s where consent wasn't the conversation we're having you know we even had in the late 2010s that we had have today but yeah it you have to almost like just like alternate universe what happened in episode 17 for it to narratively make sense Mm -hmm. otherwise the implications are really quite ghoulish and horrific that like Oh, well, you know. well, especially because, uh, you know, after they, uh, after they bone down, um, they, is, is when Arima has this, like, this really traumatic, re- mm-hmm. like, post-traumatic reaction, and has this thought about, like, his shadow other half, which then immediately does not get explored, which was 
also jarring. Yeah. Um, but but you take that in context with the violence of the previous episode, and again, I'm like, hey, Yukino, I think you need to. I think you need to get out of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, or at least involve an adult. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Help him. Convince him to go to therapy at least. Yeah, like, I get it. Oh no, she is his therapist. Um, no, and yeah, I get it that he has abandonment issues and that he got freaked out by her by her in that moment. Oh yeah, his, listen, his emotions were valid. His reaction yeah. was not. Yeah, yeah. he it was. It's, it's totally yeah. fair for him to to be like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, with exactly. that, you know. Um, yeah, it's that it's that two things exist at once narrative, right? Of like, mm-hmm. he has a lot of trauma, and realistically, as a young Japanese cis male character growing up in the '90s, like therapy is really not still readily available in Japan no. at a at a a mm-hmm. cost-effective way be outside of grief and like severe mental illness which can see cause you to lose status whether that's job standing mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. you want i mean like as someone who pursued therapy in japan like i went out of prefecture like 80 minutes away from where i lived Oof. to like someone's apartment office to get therapy because i didn't want to do it inside the prefecture because i didn't want it to get out yeah also and like also you know i needed an english-speaking therapist but like you know that's not an uncommon thing so like i get it that he doesn't have a lot of access but also like your trauma doesn't mean you get to put your hands on people mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so like bad arima not good yeah it's Thumbs it down is it is bad and weird and does, uncomfortable does and it really does, does put oh Mercedes, this is a shoujo anime. No, of course nobody goes. It's an anime period. Nobody goes to. Nobody goes to therapy in anime. I know. know. They should. They should. He needs it. He needs. I live for the day where we get like an isekai where it's like I became a therapist in another world. Like, please, my kingdom (laughs) for mental health care. God, you should write that short story series. That would be really good. It, it would, would be, be very excellent. It could be written, written, written right. It could be very healing and sweet, honestly. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's concerning, and we know, like, you know, the scenes with his family. Like, we know he has a lot of latent anger issues, and I feel like the mm-hmm. anime is probably not going to have time to explore a lot of this. Um, but it is, it is concerning. Like, yeah, love did not fix yeah. him. Uh, Arima still has a lot he needs to work through. Yeah. Which on the one yeah. hand, you know what? Props for realism to the story. Cause again, I had been saying my concern was that like, he was fine now that he had somebody who loved him. So like, and most of the time that's not how it works. So, um, you know, I guess props for the story for being like, no, he still has a lot of stuff he has to kind of work through. Yeah. But I'm, I'm concerned for the, I'm concerned for him and the people around him right now. So. Mm. Arima is not, and has never been okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not once in his life. Mm-hmm. but then they go to the beach and they hang out and they have fun summer vacation times mm, mm, mm. Um, by the way Tsubaki is great in these episodes <laughs> I really enjoy her I wrote I wrote down her saying writing is a cursed profession yes that was excellent <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah. I figured we would all feel that deep in yeah. our bones deep in my bones yeah <laughs> Down to yeah, the you know, 
I love how when Ruka like, living the vampire I mean, life was great too. It's like, yeah, she just writes all night and then sleeps all day. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was me in high school too. I'm with you. Um, I also had the internet, um, so I was chatting with friends, but and you know, downloading songs that took 30 minutes. I'm dating myself, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, but I know. Yeah, the stuff with Yukino's. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the stuff with uh, Yukino's friends was is really fun, and it's. I'm glad we still get. We didn't get a lot of that this stretch. It was mostly her and Arima again, but I liked the little bits with them. Um, my f- Subasa had like no lines, but she had my favorite uh, clip, which is her <laughs> as a snake stabbing ice cream out of a shake and eating it, and her other friend looking at her like, "What the hell just happened?" That's great. That was. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Subasa is just a cryptid. Yeah. I- I believe it. Yeah. Um, And Maho's reaction was great. Um, I did enjoy Tsubaki, even though she was not being the probably the kindest friend, being like, "Oh, you just want to talk about your boyfriend? Oh, fuck this! I'm I don't I'm not interested in this. Peace out." Oh yeah, when she was like, "Maybe I should join a club," and she's like, "Oh yeah, what a great idea! We'd love to have you on the volleyball club." And she's like, "Well, no, it's so I can see my boyfriend." She's like, "Oh, screw you! Never mind." I'm less interested now. Um, yeah, like there's a there's a lot of good little like tidbits, and I love mm-hmm. them. And they they feel like friends just chatting at a cafe, right? Like there's yeah, there's the dialogue the, was really strong. It it makes me think of like in high school when like you know after school, like I I so I was in journalism in high school, and like one of mm-hmm. the perks was that you got to leave mm-hmm. campus, which is 100% why I joined journalism. <laughs> um, I like writing, obviously, but and like I have I have memories of like walking the mall, selling ads for journalism, even though we knew we wouldn't, and like having these kind of conversations, and so it feels very true to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels like actual teenagers talking. So like kudos to that. It's it's really, really solid. Like I mm-hmm. felt like, oh, this is just Yukino with all her friends, and that's really lovely mm-hmm. because she didn't really have friends before, mm-hmm. but now she does. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's good to see scenes like that and her world expanding because you know she herself is worried about you know am I making Arima like my whole world, and so mm-hmm. and the sh- and I think the narrative could have very easily fallen into that trap of it just being the two of them. So yeah. I do really like her having mm-hmm. these you know authentic nice moments with her friends where we see that there is more to her world than um this boy who is admittedly a a big part of her life and that's that's okay um but he's not the only thing that you know is um taking up her yeah oh yeah 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 and it, it is and like i i have said before and i will say again this arc is very much about yukino's world expanding um mm-hmm. about her it's good. It's good stuff learning more about herself about her developing interest about seeing like experiencing the world without grades and developing her sense of self mm-hmm. um which i think is lovely because i do think about um Yubatase back in the day talking about how she doesn't really like writing romance because it's just two characters in their own world and that's not super interesting to her and i like that Kari Kano recognizes that it doesn't have to be that that a a good romance honestly is more between two people who have lives outside of each other. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, no, I really enjoyed those scenes. But then <laughs> the meat of the episode comes 
uh, when <laughs> uh, the two of them are making out and he goes for the boob. I mean, he cops a feel. Just he, does not he hesitate. Goes, he just goes right for it. And she's like, <laughs> um. It's a lot. <laughs> and then he says, someday. I might want to make love to you. Oh my god, I was dead. I'm just like you, fucking dork. There are oh some very god. dorky, like there are some very dorky, like teens and love lines in that episode that I, I kind of rolled my eyes at, but at the same time, I vibed with as someone who was once a teen in love. Um, like, uh, I think Yukin is the one who says something like, "Even when our bodies aren't touching, our souls are touching." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> gross!" But also, no, yeah, I know Yukino, that. I know that feel. <laughs> Yukino straight up says like, "Our love is spiritual," and I was like. You nerd. You nerd. <laughs> like oh. it's good though. It's, it's like it's, it's absolutely the stuff that like I thought about as a high schooler who read a mm-hmm. lot of fan fiction on fanfiction.net. <laughs> it was it a was lot of shoujo manga. Like, whether I was look, whether I was talking about my own love or Naruto and Sasuke, it was all spiritual. Like it, it's yeah. great. It's great. Yep. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that was definitely, uh, you know, all the the fanfic I wrote in my head about about me and whatever anime anime boy I was into at the time. <laughs> all the self inserts. <laughs> um, cough, it. cough. Catra from Gundam Wing. Cough, cough. It's like, oh no, no, no. it's not driven by lust and desire. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. It's love of the mind and the soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great uh, I like that she says that and then it starts raining and that's like the table setting for really what happens mm-hmm. which is I will say the actual scene is done in like a montage that reminded me of the episode of Fresh Prince where Carlton also gets a montage the first time he has sex and I was just <laughs> like this, this is a weird parallel <laughs> that's an amazing parallel is what I is. don't know what to think of yeah, but I was like, oh, okay, it's just some like glowy lights. <laughs> I was like, briefly mm-hmm. confused because it like shows the two of them as children running in a field, and I was like, what's happening? And then we flashed to them in bed naked, and I'm like, oh, okay, they banged. Got you. <laughs> you do hear her moan. You really do, and it's very, it's a lot. <laughs> it came out of nowhere, and like I had to go back because I was like, did my computer make a weird noise just now? And I was like, oh no, that wasn't my computer. <laughs> I always find it, I feel like this happens a lot in shoujo. It feels like characters go from like relatively like chaste kissing to sex, and there's yeah, very there's little not of the... a lot of like. Because usually, I, I mean, just speaking from experience with my with my friend group, usually there's like a lot of making out before you get to the mm-hmm. sex part. Like it's a it's a step by step process. Yeah, it feels like in shoujo out. manga. They it feels like in shoujo manga they skip all the bases and go straight to the home run. I yeah, think that's actually quite that's quite true though. To like, I think, at least, and I can only speak as a high school teacher in the countryside, but that's actually kind of true to how it is for a lot of really? Japanese kids. There's okay. no sex ed. So like we should well, press, sure. there's no there's no sex ed. So a lot of them the way that they're learning is like they're doing the one thing that they know, which is like sex. You can you can access sex now, you know, freely through a variety of sites. Um, I don't I don't know mm-hmm. why I avoided saying the word porn. <laughs> but like I think, you know, a lot of them are accessing they're just they see this and this is the act. This is what it is. So like you might make out, but like 
you're just gonna i mean you're just gonna swing it out the park and just kids you're gonna have a much a much better time if you if there are steps in between i mean yeah just in general (laughs) but yeah i think it's i think it's just it's just kind of like a going off of what you know the big Ta-da is. <laughs> no, I, 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 I love big ta-da. No, the big ta-da is big perfect. Ta-da. That's great. Uh, that's terrific. No, that's great. <laughs> uh, so what you're saying is we need more creative erotica in uh, manga and light novels. Don't disagree with that. We yeah. also need sex ed. Obviously, we need more sex ed. Yes. That one's a given, but also more say, creative maybe, erotica. Maybe that one over the... Yeah, definitely creative erotica, definitely some sex ed. Because, like, yeah. I mean, you know, like... When, when you're only taught, like, one thing exists, like, that's just the thing, of course, everyone's going to jump to. And, like... That's what you'll default to, sure. Yeah. You're missing out on, like, the tapestry of everything between. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because, like, you know what pink palaces are, right? What, what? Like, you can just, like, if you're a guy walking around in, like, a bar area, this is something that has literally happened to my friends there's a decent chance someone will walk up to you and ask if you want to buy a, bo- a buy a blowjob. People buy those? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, Mercedes, people buy those. Oh, no. Yes. I didn't know. Like, and it's not illegal. It's not illegal because um, it's not considered prostitution unless there's penetration. Interesting. I'm, 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 learning, I'm learning about the laws. Is this, I, yeah. I mean... Huh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, this got this took a weird turn. Well, most high schoolers probably aren't walking around like red light districts at night, so Right. I was no, gonna say like there's sexual exposure and I mean like I assume it's the same I mean at least in Japan, like their sexual exposure would have been through like <laughs> thrown through like the gravure idol, like you know, the like the photo book or something. Like it would have been porn. So yeah, mm. I mean which I guess is not that, uh, that's not that unusual globally. Like a lot of people. Find I mean, there's it. definitely places in the U S where sex ed is basically non-existent. I mean, I yeah. fortunately didn't live in one, but I am aware yeah. that they exist. I mean, so, as, so, as um, someone from Texas, need I say more? Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Know. No, I grew up in California. Got, I got the whole comprehensive thing, but. Hey guys, sex ed is important. It's very Super important. is. Yes. Um, I um, sure hope I sure hoped Arima and Yukino used protection. Um, I they probably did not, I'm gonna assume, because realistically in Japan you have to go to very specific places to get protection. But you go we hope. to Condomania in Harajuku. Yeah, I was gonna say you can't just go to like your local Japanese CBS. You gotta they don't just keep guess, those at convenience. I mean, no, it's called uh, yeah, a convenience yeah, you can't, store. One would you assume can't, you can't find them in the convenience store, but like you go to a drugstore, but you can't just go to like Seven Eleven and be like, "One condom, desk. Like you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, no, Mercedes. Obviously, you wouldn't say it like that. You would say one condom kudasai. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You have to be polite. <laughs> obviously, lest, lest I forget my manners. <laughs> someone is DTF. So sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We we hope that they did. Um, yeah. Did only, she just did she hear him throw up after he had like after he his trauma kicked in? It's not addressed, is it? 
We didn't no. address that at all. She gets up out of bed, and then he has the flashback because she's not in bed with yeah. him at the time. Yeah, so she's, I'm not she's sure. excited. She's like, "Oh, food." That's right. <laughs> well, I get that. Uh, well, yeah, no, has- that, that makes sense. <laughs> she just hey, she just burned a lot of calories, so. <laughs> And that um, goes into episode 19, which I don't have anything to say about other than they um, broke the budget. It yeah, was distractingly um, I, bad, the <laughs> an, the animation situation in that one. Like, I was having, I was, and this is, I'm not a person where animation is necessarily a deal breaker. Like, it can look a little ugly or a little wonky, and I'm like, it's fine. As long as the story's good, I can push past it, whatever. Um, that was so rough that I was having trouble paying attention to what was happening. Okay. Because I kept looking at the sketchy designs and being like, what is going on? Oh, now the now this class rep has an actual photographic face and they're, which was hilarious, mind you. Um, but they're like, they've become large and are fighting through the school like mm-hmm. kaiju. And again, very funny, but like a surreal twist that the story hasn't, I mean, I guess it's kind of had up to this point, but it was, it was hard to pay attention um, because <laughs> I mean, of the I think- sketchy designs. I think that was not supposed to be be literal. Um, I do. No, I okay. know. I know. There's one more. There's one more joke I need to make about episode eighteen. Um, okay. Disclaimer. You know, you never know what is going to trigger PTSD. Obviously, mm-hmm. what Anna or what Arima was going through was really, really difficult. However, the fact that he had sex and it awakened him awakened uh this negative part of him made me go oh like like angelus and buffy (laughs) i mean i actually did write down and the moral kids is never have sex (laughs) um because i was Uh, like this is this is really of this is it was such a it was such an abrupt turn from mm-hmm. like this very sweet moment between these, you know, these these two kids who have been who have been falling in love, to this like really intense flashback that Arima has. Mm-hmm. It's very violent, you know. And I mean, and kudos yeah. to the anime staff; they don't like necessarily show anything, but it's it's visceral via sound and monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was it was such a it was so jarring that I was like shit. And then I thought. Oh, okay. So this is so this is telling the kids at home that they shouldn't have sex. Got you. I mean, it did it did feel a bit like that scene from Mean Girls where the coach is like, uh, "If you don't have, have sex, sex, you will die." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, "I don't know what to do with this." Like his trauma is real, but the table setting on this, I was not. Yeah. Yukino well, gets up and is like, "Ooh, snacks," <laughs> and then it goes to him, and you're like, and, "Oh, not snacks." And what I think, and, and I do think, what that shows is. Um, the emotional disconnect that still exists between them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's um, fair. Well, and cause you can, that, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. That are like, while Yukino is opening up, Arima is still very closed off. Very much mm-hmm. so. Yes. Yes. To even to, and to himself, you know, yes. yeah. he is not able to recognize that before going in, that this is a potential and- trigger for him. And I suppose it's it quite goes realistic. real bad. It's it's quite realistic because like sometimes you don't know what's going to trigger mm-hmm. you. Like I mean, as someone who lives with PTSD for sure, like I, there are times where like I'm having a perfectly fine day and something very innocuous can be the thing that like turns that nice day bad. So that felt quite realistic, and I suppose, but I suppose it also does signal like yeah, he's got a lot more to do. He's got a lot mm-hmm. of unpacking left to do. 
Yeah. 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 Well, and Yuki, okay. no, I mean, you know, she, her, she is, she's fortunate enough to have a very happy family that has drawn yeah. her kind of friend group to her. And so, I mean, she has, she has what I would describe as like your average, like she's not without problems, but they're all, they're all like low they're key, just mundane. growing. It's, it's growing up, right? Like mm-hmm. figuring out who you yeah. are and what you want to be and what your relationships with other people are. Um, yeah. And that's not to say that those aren't like, that those aren't like real and valid, but it's not going, you know, you're going to have sex with the boy you love and you're going to be like, Oh, that was wonderful. I'm hungry. You're not, you know, she's not going to have their, their backgrounds are so different that they're, re- that what happens after is naturally right. going to be she, very different. She you're right. That really triggers. No, she wouldn't. So. Yeah, no. Um, Sorry. I wanted to get like a little bit slightly more serious discussion of that in. No, no, no. That was um, good. That was good. Yeah. Um. So um, then yes. Episode 19, which is. The start first episode of the arc that will carry us all the way through to the end of the series. So I honestly, I kind of love the stick, the popsicle sticks. Um, I thought that they were a lot of fun. Um, I thought they were a creative way to do it, um, and they were visually more interesting than um, other episodes we've had that were basically slideshows, like. I think episode six where they the one where they were in the school. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, um, visually more interesting, definitely. But because yeah. it's such a turn into like abstract surrealism, it doesn't gel with what's come mm-hmm. before it. So it feels yeah. like we're suddenly watching a different show, or we're su- like. But and what happened was the production collapsed. Is my understanding like this was not yes. an intentional artistic choice? Um, mm. So. It was if if they had like built some kind of in story reason for the animation to look like this, I think I could have rolled with it. But I just spent the whole yeah. time going, "Oh God, things are going real bad for the animators." Oh mm-hmm. boy, oh geez, ah beans. So um, and, it, and it, it is it is that dissonance that really right. changes things because like you come off of that really heavy moment, mm-hmm. yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like very slapsticky. <laughs> There's a new transfer student. So um, it's. It's fun times in high school. Asaba's going to have a sexy dinner show. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> just... it is. Um, I should I should have mentioned this before. Um, but hey, getting ready for the holidays. Um, this is the stretch where things start to go really sour between uh, Ano and Suda, Masami Suda, the creator. Um this is the episode where Anno theoretically leaves. Um, that's a little bit more contentious. Um, I'll talk about this probably next episode since I haven't done the full research. Um, episode 16 is the first, or episode 17, I think, is the first episode where Anno's name is off the credits. Um, it is. I, th- I think there was a recent episode where he said, no, I didn't leave permanently. I was going to leave. And then everyone was like, no, 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 come back. We're going to ride this out together. Um, but yeah, Suda was really angry. I feel a little bit like the kaiju battle was a big fuck you to her. Because that is something that is bizarre and wild and definitely would not be in the manga. The guy... The, the the guy whose photograph face who just shows up in the classroom 
uh, is an, I can't remember his name. He is um, he was a staff member. He was a game X guy. I assumed he was someone on staff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found that hysterical, but again, it was just such a weird swerve with the with the sketchy art style from everything mm-hmm, that had come before. Yeah. But it was it was hard to gel with it and be like, I'm watching the same show. It felt like I was suddenly mm-hmm. watching a very strange art house project. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it it is it is bizarre. It is a yeah. very very strange shift. Um, <laughs> and I do think do kind of wonder if it was um, a deliberate choice. But uh, we, like guys, even sorry. divorced from divorced oh. from the last episode, it is a fun episode. Just the tonal shift does make it kind of strange. And the art shift, yeah, yeah. Um, hey guys, we're we're. I meant to warn us earlier. We're past the hour here, so we probably need to be wrapping up. <sighs> Peter, you can cut me saying that, but I feel like I mean we've covered the majority of stuff, and we'll, we can oh, talk yeah. a little bit yeah. more about this score right. next time when we actually get into it. So yeah, um, just before we go, real quick, any predictions? They're going to have sex again and it's going to break the budget further. <laughs> no, I guess a serious prediction is that because we're entering the end game. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining we're going to get some sort of like flash forward. They're going to be married. That's okay. kind of where it seems like it seems like this is a forever couple. Okay. I mean, I, I do agree with that. Uh, my unserious prediction is the budget collapses so much that we have an, an episode of the Sock Puppets. Um <laughs> And if that happens, you know what? I will I will have looped back around to no longer being angry about the production and I will then be deliriously happy about it. <laughs> um, my serious prediction is, ugh, I mean, if, if this was an original anime or I knew they were adapting the entirety of the manga, I would assume I, that we would deal with Arima's stuff. Um, but it sounds like that's not going to be the case. So uh, my hope slash prediction is that Yukino gets out of this art kind of figuring out what she wants to do. Like they have this whole school festival thing and she kind of gets a better feel for like who she is and what she wants to be going forward. And, um, you know, she and Arima can kind of like renew their devotion to each other. But it's also that sense of like we are two individuals walking this path together. Um, exactly. So that's my that's my hope slash prediction for her. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Chatty AF. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our discussion. I feel like we got some good stuff in there this time. If you are listening to this podcast and you have not found our website, it is animefeminist.com. We're also on Twitter at uh, at twitter.com slash animefeminist. Tumblr is at animefeminist. Once again, pretty easy to find us. Um, and if you really enjoyed this discussion and you want to support our work, uh, you can donate to our Patreon. Uh, $5 a month gets you entry to, into our Discord. And $3 a month, you can make suggestions for our podcast episodes. And we would just really appreciate the support. A dollar, Even a dollar a month goes a long way. Um, so thanks for listening, Annie Fem. Next episode, we will be finishing out the series. And remember to use protection. <laughs>